Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on January 15th, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, You'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Jan Rood with a Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel for this second Sunday after the Epiphany is recorded in the Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter beginning with the 35th verse. And this again comes now after the baptism of Jesus. And John says, The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated as anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas which is translated Peter, the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In Pablo Neruda's book of questions, written primarily for children, the beloved poet and Nobel Prize winner fills every page with questions that invite all of us to wonder at the natural world and the myriad mysteries that it contains. If all rivers are sweet, where does the sea get its salt? Naruda asks, how do the seasons know that they must change their shirt? How do the roots know that they must climb towards the light? Is it always the same spring who revives her role? It's the poet's way of encouraging all of us to ask questions throughout our whole life journey and to live with what my brother Lee called holy curiosity. That fits well with this season of Epiphany that has just begun, because in essence, Epiphany is a holy time for all of us to ask questions, including the most basic questions of all for Christians, like, who is Jesus, and what was his life all about? And if any of us think that questions are not appropriate when it comes to matters of faith, then we just have to let Jesus be the one to set the example for us. What we may not know when we hear this gospel story for today from the first chapter of John is that this is the first time that we hear Jesus speak in John's account of his life. And when Jesus opens his mouth for the first time in this gospel narrative, it isn't a declaration about who he is. It isn't a definitive statement about what his life is all about. Instead, 
Jesus' first words in John's gospel come in the form of a question. What are you seeking? Before he declares anything else, Jesus inquires. He poses a question that must have come from his own holy curiosity. And then, instead of giving a quick answer, the disciples too begin with this curiosity. They begin with a question, where are you staying? It's their version, I suppose, of one of the most commonly asked questions of faith that I hear people pose to God all the time, which is, where are you? So this is our starting place in this season of the church, which takes its name from a Greek word, which means the revealing or the disclosing of something that is hidden. And we do that along with the invitation from Jesus that follows those questions. Come and see, Jesus says, to the disciples in the story and to all of us. As you begin to reflect on the kinds of questions that you have and what you are seeking about where God is, who God is, there couldn't be a better invitation than this one from Jesus. I like the way one modern disciple expresses it. The invitation to come and see, she says, is an invitation to leave our comfortable vantage points and dare to believe that just maybe we have been limited or wrong in our certainties about each other and about God and about the world. To come and see, she says, is to approach all of life with a grace-filled curiosity, to believe that we are holy mysteries to each other, worthy of further exploration. To come and see is finally to enter into the joy of being deeply seen and deeply known, and to have the very best that lies hidden within us, called out, called forth. That whole quote awakened a holy curiosity with me when I read it this week, a curiosity about what we may have gotten wrong in our certainties about each other, about God, and about the world. In my own journey with this, a lively conversation about God and Jesus at last week's Wednesday noon Bible study challenged me to check my own assumptions about what John is seeing when he points to Jesus in our gospel story today and says, Behold the Lamb of God. As you may know, a common way of understanding this is expressed in a medieval doctrine called substitutionary atonement. And in that way of seeing God is angry with all of humankind for the sins that we commit. And bloodshed is the only way for God's anger to be appeased. So Jesus, as the sacrificial lamb, is put to death instead of us. My rejection of that doctrine as an adult Christian has to do with the notion that God would resort to violence to get what God wants. But I do have to admit that this has often led me to shun the image of an angry God altogether. But in the course of our conversation, the, the reawakened epiphany for me was that a God who didn't get angry with the sins that tear apart the human family 
that which destroys harmony in God's creation. If God was not angry with that, then God would be a God who didn't ultimately care. And that does not ring true for me. So the big question I want to ask is, what does God do with anger that must be there? Does God resort to violence in order to get what God wants? Or does God choose another path that is more powerful and more true to God's own nature? To answer that question for us, Jesus says, come and see. Jesus is our way of understanding who God is. And as we follow him now from Epiphany into Lent and then into Holy Week and Easter, we will see more and more clearly that God's response is not violence. but God's response in all of this is love. In every gospel story that we will hear during worship, we will also see that this love of God in Jesus, even when it comes from a place of righteous anger, is a love that accomplishes what God desires most, which is the transformation of our lives, the transformation of this world, the restoration of peace in all creation, not death and destruction. That's the truth that Martin Luther King Jr. hung on to throughout his life among us. One of the many times it was tested was when a bomb exploded on the front porch of his own home in Montgomery, Alabama. It followed a chilling phone call in which an anonymous person had said, we're tired of your mess, and if you aren't out of this town in three days, we are going to blow up your house and blow your brains out. Although angry and shaken to his core, Dr. King said that God gave him strength to continue on his path. He was at an evening meeting when news came to him of the explosion when he rushed home to make sure that his wife and daughter were okay. He was greeted on his front lawn by a large group of armed people who were ready to defend him and ready to strike out in revenge. It was a moment of truth for all of them because whatever Dr. King said at that moment would have a profound effect on all of those who stood in that darkness together and those who watched from afar. If you have weapons, Dr. King said, take them home. If you do not have them, please do not seek them. We cannot solve this problem through violence. We must meet violence with nonviolence and love. And then pointing to the crowd to Jesus, he said, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, pray for them that despitefully use you. Remember, he said, this movement will not stop because God is in it. I am struck by the living witness of every person who lives by those words of Jesus, who comes to see, comes to see the full disclosure of who Jesus is and still dares to live in that way. This weekend, many of us will gather to remember the life and legacy of Pastor Holly Plain, whose loving presence was such a big part of God's transformation of the hilltop of Tacoma during several violent decades. 
I'm glad that the whole community got to know more about Pastor Plain through an article in the Tacoma News Tribune last week, which said, over three decades, including the 1980s and 90s, when drug-related violence was a constant presence, Plain became a fixture in the blocks surrounding Peace Lutheran Church, known for his walks around the neighborhood and recognizing his neighbors by name. He knew everyone, his daughter said. He could go up to every drug dealer standing on the corner of 6th and J, and he would know their names. His real thing, she said, was that you had to minister to people where they were. What I like about that is not only the way that Pastor Plain saw Jesus for who he is, but how he also saw the people around him for who they are as God's beloved. And that love of God did more to transform, to change things in that community than any other force at work during his years there. It's a lot like the full arc of our gospel story today, when Jesus, after inviting people to come and see him for who he is, turns and sees them fully for who they truly are, including Simon, who he renames as Cephas or the rock. It's true to come and see is to approach all of life with grace-filled curiosity, to believe that we are holy mysteries to each other, worthy of further exploration. To come and see is to enter into the joy of being deeply seen and deeply known and to have the very best that lies hidden within us called out and called forth. If that is what you are seeking, then join me now as we make this journey together full of questions, full of curiosity, and full of hope in the promise that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.